Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Hello and welcome. It is beautiful to be with you as we embark upon the February month of love. And today we're going to talk a bit about grace. You know, Buddha says that suffering is grace. And others may say that life is grace. I think you are grace. I think we all are. And this life that we live and the experiences that we have as diverse and with polarity that they do express, I think it is to stretch our grace, to open us up to more of that grace. And sometimes it causes that grace to fracture. But is that fracturing a brokenness or is it opening us up to more of who we are? When we fracture, are we starting to see inside of ourselves in a way that we can't see things that were always there that are just as beautiful? Perhaps we are fracturing a hard coating that once was in order to get into the soft, molten essence that we are. And that's grace. As I look upon my life, I find that it is the hardest experiences, the most challenging ones, the deeply heartbreaking ones, even the ones that can sometimes feel terrorizing, that often have me cling to what I know to be true which is that I am grace, that you are grace, that this experience that we all co-create together is that beauty and grace of essence and spirit. But there's also a different grace that comes from that, and it is the grace of our humanity. It is opening up to being able to have the compassionate presence and the love and the kindness to not only shed our own tears for what we've been through, but to be able to shed the tears, hold them, see the rage, allow it to transmute through us, to feel all the feels that this world has to offer, whether they're our own or whether they're those that are in front of us that are going through it. And with that grace, we are returned to our innocence, our infancy. We are given an opportunity to once again see who we were when we came in, which was already open, but somehow we think closed and held in, and a whole heart is more whole than one that might be fractured and wide open and soft. Others might disagree with me, but that's been my experience. And today we're going to have the experience and the wisdom of a beautiful friend, mystic, and teacher that has written on this very subject. She's written a book called Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. And she is definitely someone that does that in so many beautiful ways, in the ways that she invites us to remember our own divine consciousness and the sacredness of all creation. She's a midwife of the soul. 
helping us to birth something brand new in our lives and in the world. And she eloquently redirects us inward as the only way through this treacherous narrow path which potentially can become an evolutionary birth canal. Dr. Julie Krull blends intimate and personal experiences, her professional knowledge, and a grounded sense of spiritual wisdom with her mystic's heart. She's an evolutionary leader, an award-winning author, a dynamic speaker, a popular talk show host. She has her finger on the pulse of transformative change, conscious evolution, and whole system health in these times of sweeping global challenges. I would definitely say that Julie Krull is a Renaissance woman for the dawning unitive age, and she is someone that is greatly respected as a spiritual guide and a co-creative mentor to many, whether it is individuals or organizations. If you're not familiar with her own show, she hosts the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. She is a coherent strategist for the Hollow Movement and founder of the 501c3 nonprofit, Good of the Whole. In addition to a new social media community space that is a heart-based home for organizations and people for coherence and heart-based living called ConnectionField.net, I'd like to welcome Dr. Julie Krull to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Julie. It's so great to have you here. Mm, Thank you, Simran. Your voice always just brings me into that state of grace. Thank you. I just love your presence, your energy. It's so lovely to be with you today. Mm, this is an, a necessary time, I think, to have this conversation and to open individuals up to the nature of what's going on in our world and also this idea of fractured grace and particularly the way that you see it and express it. If you had to really verbalize in a nutshell how you see fractured grace and how that serves at this particular time, what would you say? Mm. Wow, thank you. That is a really interesting piece to say today. Like today, February 2024, Fractured grace means something so much bigger than I imagined it would when we published this book, right? You know, we're going through a, a lot of people will just say whole systems transformation on the planet. Like people look at the sweeping changes and when we don't understand the bigger picture, the bigger cosmic picture of this awakening of consciousness, this shifting of our consciousness from a lens of separation to the true nature of reality, of who we really be in this unitive um, perspective, it, it's pretty scary. It's pretty, um, I, I listen to people say that every day, like, oh yeah, the world's changing. It's really scary out there. And yet when we can really settle into the deeper spiritual um, and and even the scientific, the new science that's coming through, when we understand the, the spiritual and scientific convergence of unitive awareness and really get it, we relax 
like we know it in our bones. We know it in our heart. We know that that we really are all one creation, creating. And I love how you brought that, the divine consciousness, the divine voice into that, that literally we're a part of something so much bigger, and yet we are it, right? So sometimes it's hard to talk about in that way, but if we look out to the world without that, everything feels fractured and separate and siloed and broken. And yet I loved your introduction, Simran. It it just made me relaxed of even that metaphor of that hard casing on a seed, perhaps, that's breaking through and opening to that softer inside that then can become more of who they are. So fractured grace is a, a real spiritual perspective on life and the cosmos. And yet it's also a really practical way that we all can come together and move through these times. In the book, it was fun. The book wrote me, a lot of authors will say that, a lot of authors have that experience, but the book wrote me. And as I sat, I had a, a fractured leg that I had six fractures in a leg and I was sitting with a whole leg cast and the book said, okay, write me now. Like I put you in this chair, it's time to write. And it was fun because what presented were old experiences from my life mixed in with what's happening on the planet. And it was all moving through and, and a future orientation of the planet, but it was all moving through this present emergent experience of my healing. So things emerged that I never imagined. and. I'll just close with that, Sabrina. I think fractured grace really is a, a pathway for beauty, peace, and healing that we all can come into and, and really find our own sense of, of grace and wholeness and unity. I love that you, you brought up the fracture of your leg because that fracture was a spiral fracture, and yet the doctors had said it was such a clean cutting in the way that the bones just shaped back together. And uh, I had a, a fractured hand uh, not too long ago, and the same thing happened. It was like just a very clean cutting where there was no surgery involved or anything like that. And there's something to that, both in the spiral metaphor of your fracture, but also that the breaks can be so clean that the pieces fit seamlessly back together again. And that so makes me think of the human spirit in how we grow and change, but yet how we can break and heal at the same time. What did you discover when you really looked at that and knowing consciousness when it comes to the word spiral or how things move in our life in terms of a spiral or a circle? Mm. Yeah, that spiral break was fascinating. <clears throat> my tibia had a spiral break and and then my ankle had three breaks and then the tibia up top and the femur had a break that they'd undiagnosed. But the spiral was their biggest concern. And um, the doctors were in disbelief. 
probably like you, like, how can you have this kind of break and not need surgery and pins and, and rods and things? It was a teaching tool in itself. And today when I look at it, I'm reminded when you when you ask that, we are on a spiral. And we are all a part of the same path. There, it, it's infinite that goes in both ways. I, one of my friends, um, a evolution biologist, Elizabeth Satoris, talks about the piano keys, and that we're all the consciousness is like this piano with all the keys that go way low and way high, and yet she says the piano goes on forever. And I love that idea of that spiral going on forever. There's a lot of really beautiful imagery of even our universe that turns and spirals and evolves into greater and greater complexity, but but simple complexity, like as simple as it can be, but not simpler, says cosmologist Jude Curvin. So I love this. Thank you for bringing in the spiral. It also reminds me of consciousness, Simran. And it's kind of what we're talking about today is that, you know, there's the the work of Claire Graves and spiral dynamics that Don Beck picked up and many, many are using to try to understand what's happening on our planet during this time. And spiral dynamics is a really powerful model that help people see consciousness developmentally in this wider expansive path that we're taking as we're spiraling up so those are a few things that are kind of practical and scientific sorry <laughs> but um <laughs> there's also that really yumminess of how good it feels to just imagine that spiraling and that circling that really is inclusive for all of us right there's there's no exclusivity in that there's no separation in that, that like, oh, here's one level of consciousness, here's another, you're not there yet. It's like, oh no, we're all moving. We're all moving. And in this dynamic living universe, we're all a part of it and finding ourselves within this spiraling. So yeah. What do you I think? Love, that I love how, um, well, I think you did a beautiful job even within the book and, and you said it beautifully uh, at the beginning when you talked about using your personal experience, but yet there's this other experience that's happening globally. And that seems really the, the space of infinity that we are to, to move in and out of, as well as that spiral of really holding our lives as the Petri dish from which to glean the wisdom and then take that out into the world. And I think you say it beautifully with the passage in your book, you say, we are the weavers and the weaved. We are the broken and the whole. We are the hurting and the healed. We are the darkness and the light. Let us be the weavers of a peaceful existence by simply remembering the true nature of reality and being who we truly are. And there's so much that the ego can do with being who we truly are. I think when we think about the weaver and the weaved or the broken and the whole, there's places and parts in all of us where we can find that. We can find the hurting and the healed. We can see the darkness and the light. I think what sometimes gets sketchy is what the ego wants to do with being who we truly are versus 
who we truly are. And how do you see that? What is, what is, what is your view in that landscape of polarity as to who we truly are and how we are getting there? Mm. You know, so many are talking the new age consciousness kind of ushered in this letting go of ego, um, ego dissolution. And a lot of people really kind of fear what that really means. And our universe invites us into that stillness and that nothingness as part of unity. And in that process, we truly become more of who we are. But in separation consciousness, which is predominant on our world right now, in the landscape of, of humanity, it's a very scary thing because that means there's no more me or where do I fit in or how do I let go of a life I built for three or four or five decades or six or seven. And truly there's this deepening sense that when we go into that nothingness, which we're really invited into right now. I, I think 24, 2024 is going to be a time for us to really deepen into this whole concept. We become so much more than we can imagine. There's a unity in diversity and belonging with the universe. The universe needs all of us in our sacred expressions. Like there's a role, there's a place, there's a, there's also no expectation to play that in some sense. But if we look at it as the human body, it's a great metaphor, Simran, for who we really be, that we're part of different cells in the collective body. We're a part of cells that come together to make organs or organizations or communities in the collective body. We're also part of organ systems in the collective body. And we're also all of it. Like we're, we're the entire body. And when we really understand the new science, there's this, this cosmic hologram of all of these nested and layering of, of all of these expressions that go so beautifully, it's like back into that spiral again, right? This individual expression becomes a part of a greater whole. So in just playing with that metaphor, if I want to be, um, if I want to be Julie Kroll, and part of that is to be a part of the heart in the larger body, then as long as I understand the unity with all that is, I'm okay. And I get to play with the heart and lungs. I get to play with other heart cells. I get to express myself in that way. And, and perhaps I'm a, a stem cell and I get to go play in whole different ways and be called into different kinds of service. So using that 
metaphor, we can literally, and it's hard to talk about the ego when um, we haven't had examples around us, but gathering with others in like-minded, like-hearted service, we kind of really can relax into this higher service because we're moving from a paradigm of serving the individual and really developing that ego, developing the self, understanding the self, exploring the self, getting the ego in its highest, most definitive state, and then letting go of all of it and merging into this larger collective and understanding how to live for the good of the whole, how to be a real integral part of something more beautiful than we can imagine. And then we move into letting go of that and becoming part of a cosmic whole. So there's like, there's these stages that spiral us up in consciousness that the ego, when it hangs on to that perfected state of individuality, can't imagine. It's like the, the shell of that seed that you were talking about, that when we break open, where it opens us to something more that we haven't imagined. It's like a, a baby in the womb really doesn't know the world outside of it yet. But perhaps the baby in the womb knows more than we do out here in the, in the world in an expression in a way that they're closer to the true nature of, of all, you know. But we come out and, and it's a whole different world out here. So I'll just you write, there. yeah, yeah. You write in the book. We are more than this. We can do great things. Anything is possible. And I know that so many individuals are reaching for those great heights, looking for their people, their communities, their tribes, the ones that are resonant. And also with this year, there is that energy and that impetus to to get out, to do more, to be seen in a way that perhaps in past years it has not quite been so heightened. Perhaps that's the energy of the eight uh, year that we have here. But for many, the issues of voice and courage can come up. And I know in your book you share many stories about your journey in rising through some of those places that become uh, places of inquiry places of blocks, places to surpass. Talk a little bit about how you might guide someone in discovering that voice, in expressing that voice in a way that supports that greater vision, but also serves them. You know, how would someone tap into that courage in a way that supports that greater vision, but also serves whatever is still within them that wants to be held like that sacred being that they are. Mm. You know, with my example, I I was a mystic in childhood. I had a near-death experience as a young child. So I saw the universe very differently than those around me. And I didn't know they didn't experience our living universe the way I did until I was much older. But my voice, to answer your question then, I also saw 
um, what I would label and and perhaps in ignorance judge it early on, but I didn't want to be a a flaky artist or a too woo woo mystic, and there was not language to talk about the truth that was inside of me. There was just the world was compartmentalized and created differently, and I watched people around me. So I went on a lifelong journey of of education, of credibility, of gaining respect from my left brain, like to to study consciousness, to study the universe, and to study human relationships and and people and psychology and and all of that. My heart just wanted to to speak that truth, and my soul wanted to cry out that that there's something really beautiful here. And yet I continued to, to argue with that and to really damper it, to, to, to quiet it so that, that the world would accept me. And there was a professional credibility, you know, I was a licensed certified medical professional, you know, and what I learned, Simran, that I think is really important is that that whole experience was an experience of separation consciousness and wanting to fit in and wanting to be okay, wanting to be seen or heard in a way that really kept my voice from emerging. And yet, as I speak now from that place, and I really check in with heart and soul there. Like I really have to let it be that authentic voice that wants to come through. When I do that, people listen in ways that I've never experienced before. And it's that deepening, that authenticity. And it's almost like now in 2024, the science has caught up with the spiritual wisdom traditions and those archaic systems of of soul that have been imprinted on our planet up till now. Science has caught up and now it's like this legitimate expression where science and spirituality are really saying the same thing. So I feel a confidence now and a courage now to speak from that place. And I would invite all of our listeners to envelop that kind of courage because it truly does come from a higher place now and and the world really needs our voice it needs it to be heart centered heart grounded and yet that compass is really about the impact that it's going to make in shifting awareness on our planet and helping others to awaken. From the book Fractured Grace, Dr. Julie Cruel says, We are the poetry of healing. We are the expression of an interconnected universe, one with all of creation. We are the dance of integration, of intellect and intuition communing in sacred unity, of head and heart engaging in synergistic play, of masculine and feminine dancing as one, of body and spirit merging gracefully, and of you and me interbeing as whole. This is from her book, 
Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. You can find out more about her at juliecroll.com, J-U-L-I-E-K-R-U-L-L.com. You can also find out about the social media community space that is heart, a heart-based home for organizations and people for coherence and heart-based living by going to connectionfield.net. Fractured Grace is based on Dr. Julie's 30-plus year career as a healer, spiritual teacher, and psychotherapist, working with individuals, groups, and organizations, interviewing and working with hundreds of evolutionary leaders, and drawing on her own mystical experiences. This book reveals how the radical application of a heart-based, soul-centric lens can calm your mind, heal your body, create sustained peace, and jump our interconnected whole living system to a higher order. Definitely check her out. Again, the website is juliecruel.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. 
Before we get back to Dr. Julie, I want to mention some beautiful audiobooks that I have had the honor and pleasure of narrating. So if you're looking for a good one, definitely check them out. The first one is by Paul Farini. It is The Twelve Steps of Forgiveness, an absolutely gorgeous book. And if you're not familiar with him as an author, he is one of my favorites, probably one of my very first that I ever came across. And his writings are truly beautiful. So uh, this time more than ever is a great time to do that forgiveness work. And the way he writes about forgiveness is so simple and so sweet. So that's The Twelve Steps of Forgiveness by Paul Farini. And then also, Carolyn Baker wrote a beautiful book called Undaunted. And it's all about climate chaos. It's about how to speak to our young people, how to deal in our own daily lives with the different things that are taking place, and how to do the work that's necessary to go deep within ourselves and in our communities. It's a rich book filled with a lot of information, a lot of beautiful quotes, and a deeper understanding uh, about climate change, climate chaos, and how that impacts individuals emotionally, mentally, and physically. So check out Undaunted. And then also, another one is Leaving Faith, Finding Meaning, a beautiful memoir of a woman who had left her faith and found her own way uh, through life, through her many experiences, and hung on to science. And so there are many paths to get you where you need to go. So check them out. If you'll go to Audible, they are all right there, along with Conversations with the Universe and my other book, Signed, Sacred Encounters with Turning Points, Pathways, and Divine Guideposts. Fractured Grace is part personal memoir, part self-help, part educational nonfiction, and part inspiration and adventure. It's a timely prescription for individual and collective healing, a resounding call for our wholeness in today's escalating state of chaos and fear. She is an award winner of the Nautilus Award, and you definitely want to pick up the book and allow it to guide you through moving through your own personal journey, as well as opening your lens to that idea that we are more than this. We can do great things and anything is possible. We are living in a time of expanded consciousness and amazing global shifts. Guidance is coming fast, almost instantaneously. We are stepping into the fullness of who we are. We are taking responsibility for our health and quality of life. We are discovering the resources we have within as we connect with creator, creation, community, our own divine essence, and the mysteries of other realms we've only imagined. This is not an abstract idea, but a calling for all who are committed to practice unification and break through the illusion of separation. That is from the book Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. So many beautiful passages within the book, uh, Julie, and also you, you do guide people with quite a few different prompts to help them move through their own experiences and their own um, personal growth as, as they go into these things, as well as the, I, I would say, science-based or professional-based um, blocks of information to help them deepen into subconscious programming or any of the emotional healing or the mental constructs that are necessary. How do you see individuals weaving those aspects of healing with this higher call that we move into? Mm. 
I love this question. Thank you, Simran. As we, yeah, as as you go through Fractured Grace, I just read it recently for the first time and, and went through it. And there are questions in the back of every chapter. And I was playing with where I was when I wrote the book versus where I'm at now. And I think that these prompts and this pathway, um, it, it brings not only the individual into greater wholeness, but like we were talking about before, it almost, when we understand the science and spiritual wisdom that's been teaching us about unity, when we come into that space, into that state of being, not just a stage of being or a state of being, but a true integrated, embodied, new way of, of being one with the living universe, then we see our capacities through a much wider lens, a, a bigger aperture, if you would. And so this journey through Fractured Grace and doing our personal healing really helps us to look at what's our passion and where can we serve and how do we truly belong because we all belong and it really brings us into our interbeing and it's almost a sense of joyful responsibility not a, not a burden or a, a a duty but really a greater expression like it it I give feedback that it's like delightful, like people find themselves in their joy and then their joy just reverberates out into the universe and they're working on new things and they see themselves in a whole new perspective and, and they can see the results around them, right? The impact around them. I always think of Andrew Harvey who wrote the foreword to the book says, what breaks your heart? And there you'll find your service. So like really answering that question, what breaks your heart wide open? Carolyn, who you just talked about her book, she loves that prescription too. I love both the Paul Farini and Carolyn Baker that you mentioned is like um, some powerful messaging right there. But Andrew would always tune us back into our hearts and it would guide us into our sacred activism. And I, I think that that's kind of what the book does is it moves us into our unitive wholeness, and then we find a greater expression out into the world around us. Yeah, you write in the book even that Jesus was really a sacred activist. And when I look at the world today, there's no doubt that there is a breaking down that is taking place of many systems. And we can see that disintegration crumbling. We can see it happening. It's not always... Uh, easy. It can be very messy. I think you even have a metaphor about birth and, and moving through the birth canal, which is very much what it feels like we're we're doing here. And when we look at making meaning of things, you know, for a lot of people, if they are in a dark place, it's it seems like a pipe dream to go from the brokenness to the higher place. And to look at the human experience as one level and rising up to the this as another level, how do individuals not look at that as hierarchy or separation 
and see the unity in that as well. You know, we've um, we've been in a phase, a developmental stage of creation, of evolution, where we were in separation consciousness developmentally. It, it, it's like a teenager. If you think about teenagers that are trying to discover who they are and express their freedom and and really break out of the family structures and systems to express themselves individually and to discover who they are. Humanity as, whole, as a whole has been going through adolescence and our adolescence has been a time of great separation. And our science, beginning with prior to Newton, but then Newtonian physics, created a mechanistic worldview that went along with that. And so we see ourselves as separate, separate from the earth, separate from one another, separate from God, creator, source, separate from the cosmos. And that illusion was simply an illusion, but we created our whole world inside of that illusion. All of our systems and structures were created from that place of separation. And so they no longer serve who we truly are. We're moving out of late adolescence, and into early adulthood as a species. And we're taking a leap. <laughs> it's the leap of faith and a leap of consciousness. But that leap leads us into building more cooperative communities that care for all life and future generations. So when we look around the world, and we see the crumbling, and we see the systems and structures breaking down, it's downright scary as an individual when you look at economics or um, healthcare. I mean, we can do everything. Everything's breaking down. Education system, healthcare system, economic systems, how we trade and do business. There's how we govern ourselves, how we get along how we move from communities to states to nation states to even North America, South America versus a continent. So we're shifting that. We're learning, wow, we, we built this world and it worked pretty good. And a lot of people call it the golden age. It's comfortable. It's good. It, it worked. And then it didn't. And then it started creating more damage than good. And now we're at this precipice of great change. And we have to learn how do we build cooperative communities that care for all life and future generations moving forward. And to do that, we have to let go of separation and how we've designed the infrastructure of how we live on this planet. So it's scary because it's not in the news. It's not the stories that we see. Perhaps if you turn on any kind of news, you're seeing stories that are 
completely grounded in separation and that illusion of separation. And yet there's a growing, swelling um, community of those who are here building the new systems and structures, looking at infrastructure, helping to open that aperture of the lens wider for others so that we can see the beauty and grace that's right here and that there's a net for when we leap you know there's we're building it as we go but we're safe and we're okay and it's beautiful so for those who are afraid i would suggest reaching out to some of these even the authors that you mentioned um and your work simran there are so many beautiful resources out there that help us understand this larger cosmic perspective of what we're going through. Um, there's a wow, there are so many organizations, individuals, even and even simmer in the movement of organizations working with organizations, networks of networks, communities of communities. We're moving toward that next stage of humanity that's cooperative. And so check in with some of the websites you've mentioned. Um, look for those resources, discover those books, and it will lead and guide you to a support system, to a, a place where you can relax into these new ideas and new ways of being and not fear that everything in your own personal life will crumble with the same world out there that's crumbling because our breakdowns are leading to incredible breakthroughs. There's so much goodness and grace out in the world, but we're not seeing it. And it depends on what we're tuning into. We're watching really horrific things around us from the planet and the environment to the social systems like you talked about, our governing systems. So reach out and look and you'll find a community i promise you'll find communities of practice communities of learning communities of support and let's all build it together like let's team up let's build this together we can co-create a world that works for everyone and we're doing it i think there's a beautiful passage where you speak about this change where you say I think of birthing the divine human in much the same way. We are comfortable in our lives until we are not. We avoid change. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. We go about life from the consciousness of the finite mind, the separate self, with little awareness that there is so much more to be discovered. And there is, there's a great deal more to be discovered. I think one of the beautiful things about this book is that wider landscape that you do keep presenting of we are so much more and anything's possible and where we're going. And yet you also illustrate this example through your stories of the necessity for some of the solitary work, for some of the hermit work that has to be done. And you wrote, as with my son's birth and my father's death, birthing the divine human is something we do alone in the dark. It's more like a remembering or an awakening. And a lot of people don't realize that 
aloneness can sometimes be a beautiful thing. It can be the place of birth. It can be the place that really allows this aliveness that you're talking about to be able to be in communities and other places. Um, it, it can be that very seed. Talk a little bit about what it meant to do the inner work, to have the alone space, and how to best utilize that space to not fall into a place of depression or wallowing, but to really use the space as a womb to rebirth and to then come to the world. Mm. Simon, you're really good at this. Your voice of the living universe speaking through us is another essential practice for us to go into these womb spaces with. Because it's about making meaning. And quite literally, the universe is fully supporting us all the time. So when the womb spaces feel really dark, I know I went through a phase, one of the stories that I share in there was I felt like I was in the middle of this really dark meatball-like asteroid. And I felt so alone for a long period in my healing. And those are the moments that the, the no-thingness reinforms us. The no-thingness helps us to reimagine. And we really do need to reimagine everything right now. So in those dark womb spaces of aloneness, we can hear that voice more clearly when we let go of the depression and the despair. And, and there's a lot of different practices and, and suggestions, helpful tips in there of how to break through some of those tendencies when we want to go into depression or anxiety. And it, it's basically, basically stems around that separation modality. Like depression and anxiety often comes when we're feeling separate, when we go into separation consciousness and that small self voice. So learning to tune in and hold both at the same time and really dance with it until we get that higher guidance that comes through. And that, that higher guidance is us. It's not something that's out there, but it's us. It's right here all the time. So we, we can tune into those voices, know what's speaking to us. Is this the small self, Julie, in separation that's trying to sort through this? Or is this that higher guidance trying to come through? And there's a definitive difference. There's a resonance that comes when we learn how to tune into that and, and move through it. So I, I couldn't speak more highly about the need for us to do our work and to be in our womb space. And then perhaps the chrysalis stage and then perhaps there's even another stage beyond the chrysalis into the butterfly that we're just now discovering on the planet. But know that we're, we're birthing and we're rebirthing. And this is more of a chrysalis time than a womb time for us. It's a brand new, oh, the chrysalis is the womb time, but as a culture, we're, we're birthing a brand new species that's never been expressed. 
in the ways that we've expressed on the planet. So we're not just crawling out of the chrysalis as a caterpillar that has wings. We're really in the dissolution phase of letting go of everything we've been so that the imaginal cells can come in and really show us and guide us how to be a new species here. And all of that is a part of our personal work as much as our collective. And you talk about how we are going through collective contractions right now. You say it is the collective squeeze that we must must move into. Um, I love how you talked about the imaginal cells and about reimagining a new world. And that faculty of being able to reimagine is probably the igniting spark that really allows each one of us to soar. We only have a couple of minutes left what would you like to say about reimagining what's possible? Mm. Reimagining, reimagine everything really invites us into a expansive place. And I think that right now on the planet, um, just knowing another metaphor in the book is that all of these fractures and wounds that we are as a species running to the site of these fractures on our planet and and really healing what's happening as we go through the stages of healing and stages of fracture, fractures. <clears throat> to reimagine is to sew the, the new bone marrow that holds the fractures together, right? To weave the bone together, to weave the skin and tissue together that brings grace in and, and we're co-weaving. So to, it, it is a beautiful time to let go of everything we've ever imagined and to clearly step into a brand new place of nothingness so we can reimagine. I can't say that enough. It really is a letting go time into no time, no space-ness so that we can allow the wisdom to come forward in emergence. A 2019 Gold Nautilus Book Award winner, Fractured Grace is a prescription for individual and collective healing, a resounding call for wholeness in today's escalating state of chaos, separation, and fear. With a unique and intimate journey into Dr. Julie's own healing process, from an early childhood near-death experience to a freak accident with several broken bones, you're invited to step outside of the outdated worldview to create more beauty, peace, and healing for yourself and the world. And I'll leave you with these words from her book. Walk in love with your true self, for you are love. Walk where you and God are one within your body. Walk in love, for you are love itself already. Walk in love with the Beloved. Walk in love with the Beloved. Walk as an embodiment of love. You can't walk in love without your body. Love your body so that you can walk as self. Love your body as yourself. Walk with God in your body. Walk with God in your body. Walk with you and God as one. With God as your body. Walk, love, be yourself, be love. 
Once again, you can find out more about Fractured Grace, how to create beauty, peace, and healing for yourself in the world by going to juliecruel.com. Also, check out her new space, connectionfield.net, if you're looking for a social media community that is heart-based, where there is greater coherence and heart-based living. Thank you, Julie, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.